Welcome back to Paranormal January. We are back this week with another book review. And as you will have seen from the title of the episode, it's the book titled The Reformatory by Tanana Reeve Du. And this book was actually just published in 2023 in October. And obviously it's falling under the sort of paranormal theme that we have going on this month. But Tanana Reeve Du is a really accomplished author who has written many other books, but all of her books fall under the horror fiction category. So you may have read one of her other books because, again, she's been a really prolific writer since the 90s, but this is my first time reading one of her books, and I am so glad that I did. So very quickly, let me give you a plot summary so we're all on the same page. So the novel is set in Florida in the 1950s, so think Jim Crow era. And the protagonist of the novel is Robert Stevens Jr. It does switch occasionally between Robert Stevens Jr. and his sister Gloria, but I would say that he is the main protagonist. And Robert Stevens Jr. is only 12 years old. His sister is a little bit older than him. I can't remember her exact age, but it's somewhere around like 16, 17 And we do quickly learn, this is not a spoiler, that their mother has passed away from cancer very recently, and his father was a very active activist, and specifically in regards to the Black Rights Movement at the time, with voting laws and all of those things, and unfortunately he does kind of have to go on the run because he is falsely accused of sexually assaulting a white woman, so he has to flee to Chicago, and he does keep in touch with his children, and he is working on getting them to Chicago, but for the time being, they are kind of on their own because their mother passed, like I mentioned. So Robert Stevens is 12, his sister Gloria is a little bit older, again, maybe like 16, 17, around there. And Robert Stevens Jr. ends up getting into a little bit of a scuffle with an older white boy. And this older white boy, you know, also around Gloria's age, maybe 17, 18, he's getting ready to go to college. And this older white boy is one that the Stevens know, they're, you know, familiar with him, they're sort of neighbors or have, you know, adjoining properties. But again, it's 1950s, so we're not really that far past slavery era, slavery history. We are talking about the South and things like that. So this is still, you know, the reality of the world and it is not that long ago. So it's still very present, obviously. And obviously it's an era of time and geography that is incredibly racist. So obviously that is, you know, central to the novel, but they do know this boy and he's sort of hitting on Gloria in this moment. And there's a little bit of a scuffle that ensues where Robert ends up kicking him. And this boy's dad sees that and basically it sends Robert Stevens Jr. to this boys reformatory school. And the school is called the Gracetown School for Boys. Now, I do need to be very clear that this is historical fiction. So the Gracetown School for Boys is entirely fictional. The characters are entirely fictional. Tanana Reeve Du does talk about how she did have a relative who was named Robert Stevens, and she talks about this in like a little bit of an introduction or a preface to the novel. And he was sent to a school for boys, a reformatory type of school, and he did pass away there. You will learn how he passed away actually at the end of the novel. So it's kind of interesting that she gives you this sort of introduction before the novel starts, talking about her own personal history and relatives and things like that. And then she does bring it up at the end of the novel, which I didn't think that she was going to do. 
And I really liked that and appreciated that. But she was inspired by real history, real events to write a historical fiction novel. So I just want to be clear on what is real and what isn't before we continue. So he gets sent to this reformatory school. It is in Florida. It's just a little bit further away from where they live. And honestly, it is hell on earth. It disguises itself as a school to kind of rehabilitate the boys where they have classes and hands-on work and things like that. And on paper, great idea. But obviously, this is still, again, a very racist part of the country and a very racist era in time. So that's not what ends up happening at this school. This school puts these boys through hell and back, all sorts of barbaric punishments, and all sorts of horrors really go on at this school. Now, how does this fit into a paranormal January? So it is incredibly interesting because at this school, our protagonist, Robert Stevens, ends up seeing different ghosts or haints. So if you are from the South, and I'm actually from Florida, and I think that's partly why I found this novel so interesting. I'm more from Central Florida, and this novel does take place in Northern Florida. But if you are anybody from the South, whether that's Alabama, the Carolinas, Florida, you are probably familiar with the term haint. And if you're not from the South, you're probably very confused if you've never heard that word before. But essentially, it is a term that has come to be known in the South for a ghost, but not just any ghost. And the term does come from the history of African Americans, slaves that were brought over, kind of bringing their culture and myths and legends from Africa to the South. And since then, the term hate has come about. And again, it is talking about a very specific type of ghost, and I am probably messing this up. So please feel free to correct me in the DMs and I will correct myself on the next podcast if I'm giving any misinformation or incorrect in any way. But essentially, it's referring to a type of ghost that haunts humans, as most ghosts do, but they have some sort of motivation. And essentially, it's a type of ghost that hasn't quite passed over to you know a form of eternal rest. Like They're still restless, but for a very specific reason. Now, haints, I believe, can also be neutral, they can be good, but I do feel like it's most often meant to refer to ghosts that have somewhat of a malicious motivation. But I want to be clear that I don't think that they're evil either, because there's also another term called a boo hag, and that's referring to ghosts that are solely motivated by evil and negativity. So a haint is just a little bit, a little bit naughty, like somewhere in between the two. I think, again, it can refer to a ghost that is good or neutral, but I think that that's, you know, again, connected to that sort of mischievous nature. And something else, if you are not from the South, that you may notice if you visit the South, is you will see a lot of blue trimming on houses. And sometimes you'll also see it on the roofs or like, you know, on the inside of a porch ceiling. Now, this is also connected to haints and the beliefs of Africans that they brought over. So this is incredibly interesting. So haints can't cross water. That's the belief. So painting it this very specific shade of blue, and it's actually become known, I believe, like the shade of blue as Carolina blue. And it's a really beautiful color. Again, you see it on a lot of the houses and now it's become like a stylistic thing at this point and a cultural thing. But it sprung from the belief that haints can't cross water. So by painting this on, you know, around the door, then they can't enter the home. It kind of deters them. And kind of the same thing with painting that like porch ceiling on the inside, painting it blue. Not only does it look beautiful, but the thinking with that one specifically is that the haint will mistake it for the sky and kind of float up and away rather than entering the home. So anyway, I just wanted to provide a little bit of that background and that knowledge. I think that that is really interesting. And if you're somebody that isn't from the South, I think that it's kind of beneficial because this novel does use the term haint quite frequently. So just wanted to give a little bit of that background. 
But as I was saying, Robert Stevens gets sent to the school. And while he's there, he ends up seeing various haints at the school. And these are the spirits of a lot of the boys who have passed away at the school previously. And while he's at the school himself, not only is he seeing these ghosts and the spirits of these boys who have passed there previously, but he also ends up being subjected to the same horrors and the same barbaric treatment that all of the boys have over years and years. And his sister Gloria ends up, you know, learning more about this school very quickly and finding out, you know, what goes down there. And so it becomes her and her family's mission to free him from this school. So that is all I'm going to say about the plot. There are quite a few plot twists in this novel. I just don't want to give anything away because I do think that it's worth the read. And that's frankly all you need to know. But just jumping right into my likes for the novel, that is something that I really, really enjoyed is there were multiple plot twists that I did not see coming. One of them I did guess, but I was so excited to have guessed it correctly. I wasn't like disappointed that I knew what to expect. And because again, there are many other plot twists that the novel kind of has or just plot developments that you maybe don't see coming. So maybe not twists exactly, but the novel really keeps you on the edge of your seat and you never really know what's going to happen or what to expect. Something else that I really enjoyed about this book, and it's weird to say enjoyed for this novel, but I did really enjoy the setting and the story that the author is telling, which again is weird to say about Jim Crow South. But again, I am from Florida, so I did find that particularly interesting. I think that she does a really great job of placing you in the setting, and I love when any books do that. I think we all love when any book does that. So you are really placed in the South in terms of, you know, the humidity and the heat and that type of environment. That's what I'm getting at, you know, like the type of trees and the type of animals that are there. Like it is very specific, obviously, and you really are placed in northern florida she also did a really excellent job writing from a child or children's perspectives because you know robert stevens is 12 his sister gloria maybe 16 17 so she does a really really great job of writing from both of their respective povs which i think is hard to do i would imagine it's hard to do as an adult to kind of again place yourself in a child's mind i think she did a particularly good job with robert stevens actually which is interesting because the author is female and to write a male POV and an even younger POV than Gloria. But she did a really, really, really excellent job. And again, also making them very distinct characters who have distinct voices, make decisions that make sense for their characters. So each of their respective identities and developments. And another thing, piggybacking off of that point, is character development in the novel. That is a central element to the story that she's telling, which I really appreciated because, you know, it's something to keep in mind. I think that there's a lot of novels that if you kind of ask that question, was there character development? Honestly, not very often, but that is something that is a part of this novel. And initially something that I thought that this was a dislike for this novel that is actually, I've been thinking about it before I've done this review and it's actually become a like for me now is the fact that this book kind of lives in between a YA novel and an adult novel. So initially, I don't know if I would say it was a dislike, it kind of aired on the side of being a dislike, but maybe just a note for readers to be aware of, is that this is a novel that I felt like I couldn't really categorize in either category. <laughs> because the content of the novel, specifically what's going down at the school, the racism, the treatment of these boys at the school, is more adult than I think the average why a reader can or should read. 
But the way that Tananarive talks about these things is sometimes in a roundabout or implied way. And again, it's also from the perspective of a 12-year-old boy, which is a YA trait. So I also didn't feel like it can be categorized totally as an adult read at the same time. Like it kind of occupies that space in between the two. And the reason that this has become a like for me rather than a dislike is because we need books everywhere on that spectrum. And I actually think that it maybe would have affected the novel negatively had it been pushed in either direction. So I think it would have become too immature if it had gone more the YA route. And I don't think she would have been able to as effectively communicate what she's trying to communicate with this story. And I also think that if it had been pushed further into that adult category and maybe made these things more explicit, then it would have been too much and it would have been too hard to read because it's already very difficult to read and I don't want another A Little Life 2.0 situation. So I think it's actually really nice that it kind of lives in that space in between because if you are an adult reader, you can still absolutely read this because again, there is adult content in the sense of what's going on and it is hard to read at times, very hard to read. But she just isn't so brutal, maybe, with the descriptions. And that's something that I actually enjoyed because maybe I don't want it even more explicitly stated out, which I think is a more powerful tool, if I'm being honest. And because these things are more implied, I do think that some YA readers can read this, maybe like older teenagers, teenagers that maybe understand the evils that are in the world and the evil people that exist in the world and the things that they are capable of. So I think all in all, I think this book can be described as haunting and spooky and heartbreaking all at once. Because again, I don't really want to give too much away about the plot. I think you just kind of have to trust me if up until this point you've been interested in what I've been saying about this book. I think you'll enjoy it. I definitely think it's a very worthwhile read because again, you get this paranormal element, you get historical fiction. So you are getting a little bit of history in terms of the South, even though, you know, the school is fictional, but a lot of the things that did go on at the time and how people were treated and the judicial system and how it affected people of color. But you're getting the perspective of a child who's being sent to the school, again, who starts seeing ghosts. And I will give you one more piece of information because Robert Stevens is actually tasked with hunting these ghosts, which is very interesting. So again, all of these things are at play, but while also telling you a story that has not only character development, but overall it's very poignant and it's very moving. And I think to give a little bit of a scope of perspective, one of the ways that I would describe this novel, and this might seem weird at first, but bear with me, is that it kind of lives in between two extremes and I see elements of both in this novel. But I want to be very, very clear before I give these two examples. Each of these three stories that I'm about to mention are 100% unique and all original and there is not overlap. There are just some similar elements and thematic things and some similar vibes, I suppose, that I see and they kind of create a sliding scale. And the scale is going to be from like G-rated to R-rated. So on the G-rated side would be the story Holes. I think a lot of us know it as the Disney movie that starred Shia LaBeouf in like the early 2000s. But just in case you didn't know, it is based on a book and it's a classic young adult book. Now the similarity I see to that is also young boys who are sent to a, they're sent to a camp, but the concept is the same, right? It's putting them to work, reforming them, etc. very strict. And what ends up happening in both of these stories, you know, also Tanana Reeves' story, is male friendship for two boys. And that's very central to both stories. And it's a very moving element 
to both stories. Now on the R-rated side of this, I would say that there are some similarities, probably less than holes, but I think some similarities to Django Unchained. Now Django Unchained is also taking place much further in the past. Holes is also taking place much more in the present. So Tanana Reeves' novel kind of fits into the scale in the middle in more ways than one. So one in terms of like rating, like let's say Holes is G, Django Unchained is R, Tanana Reeves' novel is PG, I guess, maybe PG-13. So it's kind of in the middle in terms of the rating, but also I guess in the middle in terms of timeline, if Holes is more present day, Tanana Reeves is the 1950s, and then you have Django, which is much further in the past. But it did just remind me of that because it takes place in the South, deals with the topic of racism. You do have strong Black characters, some very racist and evil white characters. Tanana Reeves' novel also kind of has that full scope of characters in their goodness or morality. But you know, Django deals with racism, brutality in terms of treatment of people of color, right? Because again, that is, you know, something that is in this novel, The Reformatory. So those are just some things that sprang to mind. Again, they are all unique unto themselves. I just think that that gave kind of a good scope of understanding in terms of that scale from like G-rated to R-rated. And Tanana Reeves' novel really does kind of fall in the middle of those two. Again, it's one that I really, really loved, was so glad that I found, because again, not only does it perfectly fit into the monthly theme, it is exactly what I was looking for for Paranormal January, but the story was emotional and moving, yet I don't want to say adventurous. That's really the wrong word to attach to this kind of story, but there is an epicness in the events that unfold. There's a little bit of a murder mystery element. We all know I love murder mystery and true crime, so that is also an element to the novel. So you have an action-based plot as well as the sort of mystery that unfolds while bringing in ghosts told from these two children's perspectives, but told in a kind of adult way without being explicit. Honestly, it kind of checks all those boxes and it's very moving. And Tanana Reeve is a really incredible writer on top of all of it, right? She communicates all of that and does all of that in a really, really, really great way. Makes sense that she has been a very successful author for decades now. So I definitely think that I will be reading more of Tanani Reeve Do whenever I can. She's an author I'm so glad to have discovered and highly recommend this book. If you have read this book, I also want to know what your thoughts were, any likes, dislikes, etc. Anything you have to say. Again, my DMs are always open about literally any book. And so I think based on all of that and what the novel sets out to do, the genre of the novel and how successful it is at achieving what it set out to do, right? That's kind of what I look at for rating. I think I have to give this five stars. I think it's really, really great. And even if it's not maybe a five star read for you, I definitely think it's somewhere between four and five. It was really, really excellent. Again, really glad that I read it and I highly recommend it. It is a pretty long novel. I think it's like 600 pages, roughly. So you can expect to be reading this for quite a while, which I actually think is another like for this novel and kind of another point for Tanana Reeve Do is maybe because she does imply some of the brutality and some of the physical things that happen to these boys that is actually appreciated because it's 600 pages, right? Because that was kind of my problem with A Little Life is because not only is it so horribly explicit, but that book is like, I don't know, 800 pages long. So not only am I reading something that would be hard to read if it was only 50 pages long because of how explicit it is, but you're also being that explicit for 800 pages. Now, I don't want to go on a little life discussion because I've done an episode on it. I could talk at length about it. I don't want to do that. But it is just something that I appreciated about this novel because it is 600 pages. 
And again, that's not to downplay what happens to these characters and things that happen to real people in history. There's a couple scenes that come to mind, don't get me wrong, but I just know that there are other authors who are a lot more explicit with it. So I know that she could have been, and I appreciated that she wasn't because it's 600 pages. And even though it is pretty long, you might think that it is a little too long for you. I do think that you're going to go through it much quicker than you think, because again, it really keeps you on your toes. It does switch perspectives between Robert and his sister, Gloria. So it really keeps it interesting. And you honestly just never really know what's going to happen or how it's going to end because there are all sorts of plot twists and turns along the way. So again, with that said, if you have read The Reformatory yourself or you do end up reading it, feel free to DM me what your thoughts were. January is a slightly longer month, so you guys are going to get another book review next week. And that is going to be the book The Others of Edenwell by Verity Holloway, another book that actually ended up fitting into the theme perfectly, but it's an entirely new location, an entirely new time period. But if you are a fan of The Reformatory, I do think that you're also really going to like next week's book as well. So definitely stay tuned for that if you're interested. And in the meantime, you can always follow along on Instagram at Brutally Honest Books. There's all sorts of other content. And you can also join the Digital Book Club, which now lives over on TikTok at Brutally Honest Book Club. There's all sorts of other content on both of those pages to keep you engaged, keep you interested between episodes. And with that said, I will talk to you next week. Thank mm-hmm. you.